one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the First Exchange podcast with me, your host, Lydia Daydal. Well, we hit the 50 mark last week and we had lots of celebrations. Thank you very much to everyone who said happy 50th episode <laughs> to us for last week. Um, we had such a good week, um, exciting times. Uh, so thank you very much for everyone that listened and who sent us a little tweet or a DM saying congratulations. Hopefully you will be celebrating with us on the 100th episode and then beyond. Uh, today I had a fantastic guest uh, in the hot seat with me. Um, if any of you follow me on social media at Lydia Daydal, you will know that two or three weeks ago I went uh, on a hike with a guy called Derek Cullen who has a online vlog series, would we say, called um, Hiking with Derek. And he basically takes what he says is people of interest and he goes on normally a hike up the mountains or, you know, through the scenic countryside. But because of the current climate with um, uh, lockdown and different things, we couldn't go up the mountains. So we ended up doing a hike in Dublin. And uh, the footage is brilliant. It's like about a half an hour. The episode, it's on his uh, Facebook. It's Derek Cullen Outdoors. Um, but we had a really good chat about life and, uh, you know, just everything that happens to you throughout your life and your experiences and, you know, the, the good and the bad and everything in between. So after I'd done it, I told Derek, you're going to have to come on the podcast because we had such a good chat and he's so interesting with everything that he's doing with all the outdoor stuff and he's done loads of travelling, he's walked the entire length and breadth of Ireland, he's been a safari guide in Africa, you know, he's <laughs> cycled his stories from cycling literally throughout Africa um, for months on end. He just has so many great stories and great um analogies on life and and uh, a lot of great metaphors for life that we got to discuss um, on the podcast so I will let you go and enjoy episode 51 of the first exchange podcast but before I do um, do not forget that we have had a wonderful partnership um, just start with Dubliner Whiskey uh, they have given us some delicious bottles of their finest Dubliner Whiskey to give away in a little competition or a little giveaway to all our wonderful listeners so if you are on Instagram go to instagram.com the first exchange or on Facebook or Twitter and you can just simply like us and tag the name of a friend who you would like to share a glass of Dubliner whiskey with and you could be in uh, for a chance to win a wonderful bottle uh, so we've got a couple of bottles to give away and we'll be running the competition for the next couple of weeks so go 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 do that and also if you want to uh, get some early Christmas presents don't forget that they have given us an exclusive promo code uh, so that if you go to their website dld.com you will be able to avail of 10% off uh, by entering the promo code Lydia yes that's right my name gets you 10% off Dubliner Whiskey. So uh, once you have entered 
the competition, go do all your Christmas shopping and buy your friends and family a delicious bottle of Dubliner whiskey. Right, that's enough about that. Uh, go and enjoy episode 51 of the First Exchange podcast with Derek Cullen and then tweet us and let us know how you enjoyed it. Derek Cullen, episode 51. Welcome to the First Exchange podcast studio. Hi, Lydia. Thanks very much. I Good feel like I only here. saw you the other day. Well, you did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Let's tell the people what we were doing before we get into all about you. What we were doing. So I have this series called Hiking with Derek. Yes. And I take people of interest, I say, mm-hmm. out for a hike or a That's walk. Me. And that was you the last time. So it was an exception in this case. <laughs> I take a, a person of interest out for a hike and yep. we just have a chat. I mean, it's not always, it's not like scripted as such as you found out. Yeah. But I do tend to have a good idea about that person before I go out. So I try to, dig, you, I, try to ex- I try to extract certain things from the You've done mind. your research. You definitely did. Like I do that where I'm like, oh, I don't know too much about the person. They come in and they're, they're like, oh yeah, I do open heart surgery. And I'm like, God, I never knew that. But uh, yeah, you had a lot of information, which was great. Right. Yeah. Go on. Carry so on. yeah, I I just take people out for a hike and a chat. So it was yourself, had Pat Divoli, Jason Byrne, Juan mm-hmm. Chan. And the whole idea, as I said, is just to have a chat, get to know that person a little bit better than you do, say if they're on TV, for example, or Jason Byrne. Try and get to the serious yeah. side of Jason Byrne a little bit, although that's nearly impossible. It is. And yeah, just have a chat. So it worked. The first one was phenomenal with Pat Divoli. Mm-hmm. He's a great talker, as you know. Yeah. So that went so well. I was like, i got to just keep doing this. So mm-hmm. find it, find people of interest that are willing to come out with me into the woods. Yeah. And have a chat. So well, yeah. I mean, it was like I know when you asked me to do it, I was like, in, I told you I was in my group chat, and the girls were like, well, so what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, I mean, this guy, and we're going to go up the mountain, and it's like a chat. And he, they were like, sorry, do you know him? I was like, no, 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 but he seems really nice. <laughs> They're like, so you're going up the mountains with a stranger and he's going right. to film you yeah. <laughs> you know but then obviously I do that with my dates as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tinder it's, a re- it's such a great approach um, but yeah we ended, we didn't end up going up the mountains uh, because obviously lockdown social distancing mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff so we'd done a tour of Dublin which was brilliant it was really because cool, we it? actually came across some really cool spots mm. a lot of Oscar Wilde some paintings, yeah, art. and that, that part of Dublin too. It's around Baggett Street, so all mm. the famous poets and writers and musicians they all grew up there and they all played their music yeah. there, for example. But that's what I, I love about it on a, during lockdown or say in a Sunday morning, yeah. nobody's in town, so you walk around these places and you just have it all to yourself, like we kind of did that day, yeah. So no, it was really, really good. Yeah. It was great. That's so it was kind different of... too, different than the mountains or the forest, wherever I normally yeah. take people out to do that. It's yeah. weird as well that you have Pat Dively on uh, for the first episode. We obviously had uh, uh, Pat in the podcast as well. We kind of had him on early on, Shane, didn't we? In the mm. studio. And um, I, it was his birthday the other day, so I texted him and I was like, happy birthday, Pat Dively. And then he was like, oh, I watched your thing with Derek. It was great, you know. And then, obviously, you had Jason Byrne on. Yeah. Then the following week, Jason Byrne was in here. Yeah, it was, was a weird mad. kind of like serendipity thing, right? That's why I asked, I asked you, how did right? that happen? But it was yeah, just, it was Totally just, just yeah. completely just out of like, just out of chance. And um, it's weird because my best friend's husband, Ian Flynn, is a tattoo artist from High Society Tattoo Studio in Kilkenny. But he was on the podcast months ago. Mm. And, he, you know, afterwards, I was like, who should I get on? And he was like talking about, what's your man from Peaky Blinders? The Irish guy. Oh, no. yeah. oh, we saw him. He just said Aiden 
Gillen. Yeah, we met Aidan Gillen on the walk. You know, I know there's like the G- the pool is very small of Irish actors, but yeah, we were on our way back and Aidan Gillen was on the canal. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I we were trying to like slow down. We, we didn't meet him. <laughs> <laughs> we followed him with our eyes. <laughs> And I think, I, if I remember correctly, Lydia said, now I know where he lives. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so I actually do know Aidan Gillen. And if anyone wants to join me in sitting outside Aidan Gillen's house, no problem. Let's go do that. But not Aidan Gillen. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Yeah. So Ian was like, you know, we like our friend group has a little in to Killian Murphy. Uh, another friend of ours knows Good. him quite yeah. well, right? Good. So I was like, fuck, I didn't know this. And I was like, could I, uh, you know, can I exploit that friendship for it to get him <laughs> on here? And um, so we were chatting and then he's like, Jason Byrne. And I was like, Jason's not going to come on this podcast. And we've been at, a, he, he goes out with a, a very good friend of mine. So he was at a wedding with us. And I was like, I can't ask Jason. I doubt he's, I doubt he'll, he'll he's too big. He's too famous, you know. And then he was like, no, no, I think he would. I think he would. But I left it off because I was like, we'll leave it until we're a little bit more you right. have established. He's more than a pleasant surprise, isn't he, Jason? Ah, Like totally. when you meet him in person, off camera or whatever yeah. else, he's just totally... Yeah. He is him. Yeah, he's yeah, so yeah, yeah. so natural and easy to talk to and all that. I get nervous meeting people who are well-known or mm-hmm. who have been in the industry for quite a while. Yeah. Because sometimes... <laughs> Like Aiden Gillen. <laughs> Sometimes they're not, they're, you know, they're, they're like, you, you uh, imagine them as, or you, you think they're going to be a certain way and then they're not. Sometimes they can be like, you know, for sometimes you can meet someone who's in comedy and then you meet them in real life and they're just not funny at all. And you're like, <laughs> can we name names? No, okay. no, no, no. Nobody that's ever been in this studio right now. Cause I only have people that really like come in here, but, um, Everyone's going to be like, I wonder who that is now. Mm. You know, this is a general, a general statement, you know what I mean? Right. Which is not kind of fair to say, because we actually did talk about it on the podcast with Jason, where um, he was saying about when you meet a celebrity or a famous person, he was talking about his experiences. Mm. That if, if they're not as you expect them to be, they're just fucking human. So they could be having like a down day mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and funny you say that. That's what my experience with Jason was. I was like, you know what? Jason's just exactly like us. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, who'd have thunk? Yeah, exactly. Who'd have thunk? So uh, where did the whole uh, Hiking with Zaria concept, uh, you know, come about? So I know that you're like really big into the outdoors. Mm. You do a lot of vlogging. You've traveled the world. So was, was it kind of like on the back of your experiences from your traveling over the years? Yeah, well, I suppose all of the trips that I was known for taking were very, they were all solo, right? I'd yeah. go off and take these big long distance adventures in different places. Like I spent one year riding a bicycle from Cape Town to Cairo. Mm-hmm. Then I hiked from Mexico to Canada. I walked around Ireland. All of those trips was just me. Yeah. But I found that a lot of the most enjoyable parts of those trips was when I did bump into people. Mm. And then when I got to share it online, for example, with the people that were following it. Yeah. So I wanted to do something that involved people more. And that's why I came home to walk around Ireland, for example. I wanted to do something here so they wouldn't have to go away to take an adventure like me. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't think it was impossible. And it was just walking. Right. So yeah. who, everyone can do that. So that was kind of the basis of it. That's how I was. I didn't have a plan to get to hiking with Derek mm-hmm. um, as a, like a series. But that's kind of where it led. And when I met Pat Divley, I said, look, I'm going to take you. Or he asked me if he could come out wild camping. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah only if you'll talk to me in the forest for 30 minutes. <laughs> and uh, we, <laughs> we talked longer than that now, but I said on the camera, I want to do this thing called hiking with Derek and see what happens. So we just flipped on the camera. And believe it or not, that was one 
just one take that yeah. video yeah and it was just really good just, just something happened during that mm. and i went i should do this with other people and yeah. it's great because i'm instead of me just waffling to the camera and mm. talking about myself i get to learn from them and so does everyone else yeah and i actually i found it strangely enjoyable interviewing someone mm. as opposed to being interviewed which i'd never had happen before yeah so that was i just found it really interesting and a challenge for me in itself so it just everything made sense after doing it i just said let's keep doing it absolutely and you're kind of we sort of have the same you know when we, we spoke about the sort of interviewing elements we kind of have the same approach in that it's like conversational mm-hmm. you know and it's like you want to um like it's you it's that sort of like round of making the other person feel very comfortable and so they sort of open up you know in that in that sort of space yeah um but yeah, really, really great the, the episodes that you've done so far. But let's talk about obviously the the walking around Ireland and the the traveling and Canada and all that. Like, mm. was this sort of kind of adventurous sort of side? Is that something that you would have always had growing up, or is it something that came to you later in life? How did you discover your your love for the outdoors? I I think when I was young, let's say as a child. Yeah. I, it's only looking back now I can see that I was always interested in adventure mm-hmm. like I always read the Hardy Boys books when I was a kid right mm-hmm. or Roald Dahl these were all books about adventures in one way or another but I never really that's not why I started taking these trips yeah. right but looking looking back I can say now that yeah I was always had that adventurous mind or that curiosity but all of this happened by accident really Okay. because back in I started at the beginning back in 2006 2008 my parents passed away and that was a really difficult time for me. Mm. It got to the point where after they passed away, I just started making all these mad decisions. I was drinking a lot. I mm. was just didn't care about my job anymore. Didn't care about music, which I was mad into at the time. Didn't care about football. I was the captain of a football team. I was like, don't care. Don't even want to watch Man United on TV. Mm. And I didn't care about any of that stuff. And even the relationships in my life, like my girlfriend at the time or my family, my friends, I started to just self-destruct on all of those mm. things, right? And this went on for a few years, but it got to the point then where not far from here, down the River Liffey, I was standing over the river one day after walking out of work. And I just said to myself, what the hell is going on in your life? Mm. Like what? Like you're you're so unhappy, you're depressed, you're drinking, you're you're exhausted physically and mentally. What the hell is going going on and what the hell are you going to do about it? And that last bit was the first time I really said, right, you got to do something. And uh the next bit is true and it's wild. Don't I definitely don't suggest anyone does this. Come but on. from that moment, I went into the chap just inside work. He was on the desk and I said, hey, Dave, I'm going home. And he was talking to the boss at the time. Mm. He said, what do you mean you're going home? And I said, I'm going home. And he said, when are you going to come back? I said, I'm not. I'm not coming back, Dave. And I just walked home. Big move. Yeah. And it was like, for me, it was like a Hollywood script. Yeah. Like, oh, man. <laughs> that felt good. But now yeah. what the fuck am no, I going to do? Oh, shit. You get home and you're like, Damn. Right. But I actually had a deal. And uh, this is wild to think back because this is all true. I made a deal with myself that by the time I got back to my apartment door, I was going to walk home. Yeah. And by the time I got back to the apartment door, I had to have figured out what I'm going to do next. Right. And when I got into my apartment, I put everything I owned up for sale online, including all my guitars, everything I owned. I brought all my clothes down the clothing bank, got rid of them. I booked a flight to Cape Town. And a week later, I was in Africa. And that's where I took my very first outdoor adventure, which was one year cycling from Cape Town to Cairo. God, that's so exciting. Right. Is that not really exciting? That's kind of like the the um, 
that's the fantasy that many people have to just fucking sell everything mm. and just that's it just just go and just like be in another part of the world and have no just leave everything behind and I have think no attachments yeah, to anything great i i would probably like i would I, I enjoy taking trips now yeah but i didn't enjoy that one at the time because i didn't know what the hell i was doing right yeah yeah none yeah. of it was planned so i would have i was going over there having never cycled before or mm-hmm. done any camp and all that sort of thing. So and is, is fear present when you're, you know, in this? Like, are you absolutely terrified? Like, what am I doing? Like, asking yourself questions, like, should mm. I should I just go, I ring my boss again and say, please can I have my job back? You know, what's going through your mind at this time? Yeah, well, so the, I picked Africa and Cape Town. So people sometimes say, why didn't you just cycle and start cycling from, you know, Dublin and try and go? <laughs> and I say, well, no, because then I'd probably turn around and go back home. Yeah, on the yeah, first yeah, day. Whereas yeah. if I flew as far away from home yeah. as possible to Cape Town, <laughs> I couldn't go home again. Dude, so why you couldn't? That was the kind of method behind the madness. And uh, you're right, though. Like, I was terrified. I was mostly terrified on that bit because, like, never mind the logistics of a trip like that, right? Because yeah. I, I knew nothing about bicycles or how to pack the bike, any of that. Never mind the logistics. I was also thinking, what? How the hell? Where are you going to go with your life after this? Even yeah, like you just quit your job. Mm. What? Like even after this trip or when this trip fails, what are you going to do then? Yeah. So yeah, all of those questions were in my head at the time, and that was the most scary bit. Mm. But then that was eclipsed by the trip itself. Like some of the situations I would have been in, you know, like the deserts or mm. camping with wildlife around your tent like real primal fear started to come to the fore and that eclipsed all these little worries that were niggling away from at me up until that point. Yeah, like it's no longer a squirrel and a fox, you know, like when we're in Ireland, you're the little difference in uh, wildlife or nature over where you are. Sheep and deer. Exactly. Well, that's exactly (laughs) right, you know. So because all those, uh, let's say, real or bigger, more substantial fears were in my life, things to be concerned about, all the other stuff, all the little stuff started to fade away. Yeah. You know, all the little acute anxieties that I had. Mm. And that's not to say I didn't have anxiety. My mm. anxiety went through the roof on this trip because of what I was facing up to. But it did put things in perspective. That mm. was very important. As the trip went on, that became more and more important because I started to see that then. I started to recognize that. Yeah. You know? At what point then did, um, like, did it sort of, did, did you sit with yourself and go, actually, this is a fantastic idea. Like, this is brilliant. Can you imagine now being back in Dublin and having to work that nine to five? Or did it? Um, I was too busy being scared. <laughs> <laughs> like the first, the first three, four weeks, I cried every day. Like every day, different times of day, especially in the tent at night. Yeah. And then for the second month, it was even more scary because there was, I was in Botswana and there was like line and stuff like that there, right? That's Not trying to hype it up, but that's what was actually yeah. there. So I was really scared and to the point where I was, I fainted one night or I wet myself, things like that. So yeah. I didn't enjoy that trip for the first six months. You yeah. know, I was always looking ahead going, what's next? Like, and I couldn't even turn around at that point because I was just going back to more of the same. So yeah. I had to just keep going, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was very difficult to enjoy that trip. Um, I think if I was to even go and do it now, I'd probably be just as scared. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, because they're real fears and dangers that mm-hmm. you kind of have to deal with over there. So what are the lessons uh, that you learned along that trip? Like what in terms of not necessarily from like, um, I don't know what the word is, 
not from like the traveling aspect, but I suppose mm-hmm. from a spiritual point. Metaphorical? Or, yes, exactly okay. the word. Well, the biggest thing was fear, right? Yeah. I just mentioned that I was always afraid in the trip, but it helped me put things in perspective. Yeah. Right. So the biggest thing I learned about fear, this happened every day for that whole year. And I, I had an exact moment where it really became clear. So everything that I was afraid of on that trip, either number one, didn't happen, or mm-hmm. number two, was extremely unlikely or irrational. Okay, and the more I went through different experiences, the more I realized that was actually the truth. And it made me realize that all the things that I was afraid of back home, all the anxieties I had, whether they were social anxieties, any type of anxieties, they either weren't going to happen or else they really didn't or they they didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And the moment I really, that really nailed, was nailed in was in uh, Botswana. I came into this village with my bicycle, had a big beard at this this stage. And this man walked up to me and he said, where are you going? Mm -hmm. I said, the next town. He said, "Okay, on this pointing at my bicycle, I said, Mm. yeah. And he he laughed because, you know, who a white man on a bicycle looks really (laughs) weird there. (laughs) I said, yeah, I'm going to the next town. He said, oh, be careful. Those people there, they're very dangerous. I said, "Okay," And he said, they'll steal your money. I said, all right, well, thanks for that. I have to go that way. There's only one road, so I have to go to the next town. But cheers. So I got to the next town later that day, probably about five hours later. Mm. And. It was really bizarre because this other man walks up to me in almost identical fashion as the previous town. Mm. He said, oh, where did you come from? I said, I came from that town. And I had the name of the town at the time. I can't remember what it is now. I said, I came from that town. He said, oh, on this? I'm pointed at my bicycle. I said, yeah, on this. He said, did they take your money? I said, no. And he said, oh, they eat people there. (gasps) So... But that, right, of course, these these people. <laughs> they were having you on. It they were like, they they you pass and they're like on the phone to each other. Did you get my alcohol from there? I told them they had people. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably what they were doing. Yeah. Um, I got well, played. Yeah. So, but the, the, the message there and what actually happened was that those people were serious, right? They yeah. really were terrified of the people in the next town, even though they lived beside each other. Yeah. So the metaphor on this was the metaphor on my whole trip was that they don't even know about each other and yet they're afraid. And what they're actually thinking, like these people steal from you or they eat people, mm. it's 100% not true. Yeah. These are the friendliest people you'll ever meet in your life. Everyone in both of these villages. That's that's really, that's a very good analogy mm. um, because that's something that... Well, you can apply that to almost everything in life, can't true, you? Like, right? I mean, like th- th- how how many times, like think of anything in life that people come up against that is against their like belief systems or what they're told or what they've, their environment has shaped them to believe or to mm. become. And um, yeah, you can take a lot from that, I guess. Uh, d- definitely. And it was that actually... Up until that moment, I was having to deal with fear every day, as I said. Mm-hmm. But from that moment on, I started to really get to grips with how to deal with it. Yeah. Right. And it all comes down to the story that's in your head then. Yeah. You know what? Being aware of the thoughts that yeah. are in your head and catching them as they come out. Mm-hmm. So there were real dangers on the trip, as I mentioned, like animals and the heat. You can get heat exhaustion there, things mm-hmm. like that. But if you put them into perspective, there's ways to stay away from those things. Yeah. You're not always, you know, a lion's not just going to jump into your tent every night because mm-hmm. this was a big one with the animals there too, right? That I learned was that the, the wildlife in Africa, including lion, are not interested in us. 
Mm. And they're also afraid of us. They don't want, they, all they want is our food at most. They come out of curiosity or because they smell what's in the area and they're mm. not used to it. But they don't want to be bothered any more than we want to be bothered by them. Yeah. So the more I camped there, for example, in these areas, the more I realised that. And I say that also, I worked as a safari guide for three years in Africa. This is my favourite story. <laughs> this is my favourite bit. Because so that, that is, I think secretly that is my dream to right. be like a safari guide. Yeah. yeah, you should go and do it. I should, should just pack in. Sorry, Shane, can you take my, uh, accept my resignation? <laughs> I'm going to warn you though, it looks, really, to Africa. it looks really weird when Irish people go on holiday and their <laughs> safari guide is Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have loads of Irish people that would like not, turn up? Not and... loads, a lot of English. English, a lot of Kiwis, Australian, yeah. American. Not many Irish, a few though. Yeah. Yeah. That's gas. Anyone that you ever knew? Did you ever like come across someone that you knew? No, but actually I joined a, a rescue team. A rescue team being me and one other person yeah. to go into a place in Botswana. It's called the Magadi Gadi Pants where all the elephant do their migration. Yeah. We went in to rescue a group of people that got stranded. Yeah. And we went in and they were Irish. No way. So they had an Irish paddy coming in to rescue them. That was really, <laughs> really? bizarre. That's and so good. I'm still in touch with them today actually, but that was a really weird one. Amazing. So yeah. uh, you were three years as a safari guide? Yeah, like how does years. how does one get into safari guiding? Like, do you rock up and be like, "Here's my CV, I've come with my bike," you know? Can I get a job? Like, how did how did you fall into it? It's a bit harder now because they're trying to make sure that uh, locals get the jobs, right? Yeah. Which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But back when I was applying, it was a bit of a free for all. Yeah. In my case, honestly, I just bombarded these companies with emails for about a year. Mm-hmm. None of them replied. And then I got a random phone call one day from someone asking if I wanted to interview for the job. No, and do you <laughs> and need a set of skills? Like, what do they look no. for? So I'd actually taken a trip in Africa before uh, for 10 weeks yeah. on a tour. So that was my experience there. I was a tourist there. And that's all they needed. They said, we'll train you up. You come over, train you for two months, and then off you go. Wow. So like, yeah. what is what is a day in now the in life say, of in a... Say, in saying what? that, it's not just safari. So we take them everywhere. Yeah. So we would take them into Serengeti, Masai Mara National Park, and we go wild camping in there, all that stuff. Yeah. But we'd also take them the whole way through Africa to different towns, villages, attractions. So is this like a parts. day thing or do you take people for like weeks on end? I took them for weeks, sometimes two no weeks, way. but a lot of the trips for 10 weeks. Wow, yeah. that's really exciting. Like Big Brother on a on a yeah. you know, a bus. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Like, yeah. <laughs> Did you film any of it? No. That would be a good, I mean, if you were allowed to film, like people, the, people would probably be like, you don't want to see, there's a lot of drama on those trips. You is know? there? Oh man. There's so <laughs> That's much That's exactly why you should be filming them. Give, give us an idea, give, like set the scene. Like what's the, what kind of drama is, is well, over there? As they're, say like you're their third eater, you're yeah. automatically then their doctor, their mother, their father, father their counsellor. Yeah. You're everything. Yeah. So you just get bombarded all day, not just with questions. They'll be waking you up. Then you have to go party with them too if they want to have a few beers. Yeah. And then you have to get up at like three in the morning and start the fire and get breakfast <laughs> ready for everyone and <laughs> ward off hyena trying to get to the food. So it's a really mad uh, life. So very rewarding because you get to do cool stuff with people. But yeah. there's a lot of drama. And yeah. when I say drama, like, People fight on these trips a, a yeah, lot because they're imagine. together all the time. Yeah. Well, this is exactly that's exactly the thing. I'm like ten weeks with yeah. a group of people, and, and especially when most people that are doing it, I imagine as tourists maybe are out of their comfort zone a little bit in yeah, that sort of environment. You know, yeah. and like how that how that affects people. You know, like when I'm 
well, I met my better neighbor back in the day when I, before I was enlightened. Um, uh, yeah. When I used to get out of my comfort zone, I used to get like really bad anxiety and I would, I would project it as like, um, aggressive. Like I'd I'd snap, you know, I could be really aggressive and snappy with people. Um, and it would only be like my close, close people that would be like, it's okay, Lydia, like relax, you know, you'd be grand. And I'm like, okay, I'm just out of my comfort zone here, just like freaking right. out. So it's it, when you put loads of people like that into a group, I imagine it's like a yeah, melting pot you know, for, like a, for... Psych, a psychologist that have a field day watching this happen. Yeah. And often, like, the, the, what I realized from doing this so long was your job is to sit back mm. and observe yeah. and get involved when you have to. Yeah, pick your battles. Exactly, because you have to be their friend at the end of the day too, yeah. right? Yeah. And you have to manage that relationship of take me serious, but I'm an, I'm a fun guy to be around too. Yeah. So they'll all start sleeping with each other too. It gets even more complicated. Oh, and then wow. they, they fight because someone slept with two people on the trip. Yeah, so all or someone's this... husband finds out. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's happened too. So, you know, there's all <gasps> of this stuff going on. And at the end of the day, you're also trying to organize their trip and keep them safe and yeah. all of this stuff. And then someone else has malaria and you have to deal with that. Oh. So it's really intense, but it's interesting. This you, is the best movie dynamic. we've never seen, <laughs> is what this is. Right. Um, but uh, did you do anything like journal or keep diaries or anything that you could publish? I did not. No. Oh. No. When I wasn't doing that job, like when I was traveling around Africa, yeah, I yeah. wrote and I made videos about certain things. But mm. honestly, when you're doing that job, you don't have a minute, you don't have mm. a second how how did you or how do you change as a person in those circumstances so obviously we talked about the fear and you know obviously been out of a comfort zone yeah but how you know the way people always say like traveling is one thing but to really experience the world and to find out about yourself you need to go alone mm-hmm. how how does it differ when you're when you're alone and you're trying to meet new people or you're traveling and you know, there is all these different emotions that are going on. Mm. I think the biggest impact can will take place when you're alone. Yeah. Right? When you take a trip alone, whether that's backpacking alone or mm. whether you go on a multi-day hiking trip alone, whatever yeah. it might be, when you go alone, I think you open yourself up to way more n- new experiences. Mm-hmm. I think everyone knows that, right? But that's not to say you shouldn't do stuff with people either because mm. I don't know about you, but the most enjoyable experiences I have have been with other people yeah you know and a great example of that actually is I did uh, you know the Camino de Santiago I've heard of it but I don't know too much about it please it, tell it, us all about it's it a, it's a long distance walk across Spain okay. it's 700k is a Camino a long distance walk yeah well Camino means the way right so it's just like the trail the way okay so what's the holy one well, is that is it? So it's a pilgrimage. People walk from. Right. There's all different caminos. They go all over Europe, and a lot of them lead to a place in Spain called Santiago because Saint James buried his ashes there, or something along those lines. I'm not religious, as you might. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> a lot of people just go for the wine, right? <laughs> I almost got away with that. Anytime I hear Camino, I just think of all the like the the nanas from my local church when I was growing up. They were like, "Oh, we're going to the Camino," you know. You'll meet them there. They'll, yeah, be, they'll like, be all what? they'll be all pissed on wine though. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, but uh, Santiago, what? Um, so that one goes all the way book, across. What book uh, with the alchemist? Who wrote the alchemist? Paul uh, Coelho. Coelho. Coelho, yeah, Paolo Coelho. Someone in his, your man's name in that book is Santiago, isn't it? Is it? Is I don't remember. <laughs> I don't recall. I don't know. 
What about menu? Uh, oh no, I was just I was just trying to be really intelligent and try and link up. I was like, Santiago, the Camino, the obstacle is the way, Paul Coelho. Uh, anyway, carry on. Nanas and wine. What? Where are we? Well, that, that's a really popular long distance walk. A lot of people do like say two weeks on the Camino every year, yeah. and it's a so a lot of people actually do it for religious reasons, and then a lot of people do it for. For for other reasons, like personal reasons, like yeah. for a, a common one is someone in the family passed away, yeah. or if someone went through a divorce, or mm. someone had a really bad breakdown in their life, they went, you know what, I'm going to walk the Camino. Yeah, and I understand why it works for those people too. I haven't walked it myself. Yeah, because and the reason I walked it, by the way, was like uh, all my trips were alone, mm. and I thought. I was afraid to do the Camino because I thought it was going to wreck my head being around so many people. Yeah. But actually, that's what I loved about it mm. was all the people that were there. Yeah. And the different stories you got to hear. And it was all stories like this, right? Mm. You know, that really just exceptional stories. So people do that long distance walk. And that, that was one that I wasn't, I hadn't planned on doing, but really made all the difference. And I'm saying that because a lot of my favorite experiences in travel happened on that Camino when I was around all these people of all different ages and different backgrounds. And anyone could do that, by the way. It's just walking every day. Yeah. You, you can you can walk a short distance every day, every day or a long distance. It doesn't matter. So I just really love that kind of egalitarian side of the trip where anyone can do this and everyone's involved. It's class, isn't it? When you're saying about it, um, the reasons why people might go on a Camino. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, what is that? Is it the... the obviously, it's the... To get away and to escape from, you know, their reality for, you know, a week or for two weeks. But the walking thing, like Mm. what is it in about, you know, even if you look at from a mental health exercise point of view, when, you know, something goes wrong in your life or you've had an argument with someone, someone will say, you know, take a walk or Mm. go for a walk. Like what is that about walking? Actually, you know, Bjork, Icelandic singer. I love her. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. She's a good saying that. She always tells her friends and family, if you're ever having a shit time or you're watching or listening to social media too much or watching social media too much, she says uh, she tells her friends and family to go for a walk and see how they feel afterward. Mm. And the reason she says it is because social media, if you spend too long in it, Mm. and it's not just social media, like watching TV down the YouTube rabbit hole, whatever, says it's got that same feeling as feeling as though you've eaten eight hamburgers. Yeah. You know, that real lethargic, I yeah. feel crap about myself feeling. Yeah. So she's like, if you go for a walk, it has a way of taking away those cobwebs mm. and dusting it off and giving you what I believe is perspective or context. And that's missing when you're engrossed in something like mm. social media, right? Yeah. So, and that's what I think about the Camino, by the way. Uh, you don't want to tell people this there, there, but it's not, for me, it's not the Camino and the religious factor that makes it so special. Mm. The transformation for people comes in the walking. The fact mm. that they're just doing something real basic they're stripping down their life. They're getting rid of all the junk, all the crap, not just mm. from their body, but from their head. All they have to do every day is walk from one town to the next. I can do that. Anyone can do that. Mm. That is so simple. When was the last time your life was that simple? Exactly, exactly. So in the perspective, what like break that down again. What, um, like, is it the, the process of walking, their mind is distracted, they're analysing their life as they knew it and they're able then to get the perspective and to say, I don't need to do X anymore. I have to let Y go. Mm. You know, um, there's no need for me to be whatever it is in their life that needs to change or 
uh, change the course of direction or something. Is yeah, it that I, just I think being like distracted it, from Like it? what you just said, people do this sort of thing, this type of trip, because mm-hmm. they want change, right? Yeah. And it's because usually because something's happened in their life or something hasn't happened, they're bored or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they'll go for that reason. Yeah. But the reason it works so well, I believe, and the reason it's so, let's say, therapeutic and the reason it's so meaningful mm. is because they've escaped what we're in the midst of right now, mm. which is the city, the busy life where we're always distracted by something or someone. And that can be what we just mentioned, social media or TV, mm. YouTube, also your friends, your family. I don't, I, there's very few times when I am alone with my thoughts. And that's why I get outdoors so much mm. and do all this walking. And that's what happens on the Camino. You're alone with your thoughts for the first time. Mm-hmm. And for some people, for the first time they can remember. What, why do you think that is? Why do you what? think so many people are, one, afraid to sit with themselves and hear their own thoughts? Thoughts. Mm. And then also haven't done it. Like, when it happens for the first time. And some, You know, you could have... And it sounds so, um, like mad to say like someone could be in their 30s and they're finally they're they're hearing their own voice for the first time Mm. and what i mean by that is they've taken the time to sit and reflect and assess yeah and how is it that from age zero to that whatever point in your life that that happens for you why does it take so long why are we so um uh detuned or desensitized from actually listening to ourselves and our own thoughts for me I always reference my own thoughts as spirit I don't know if you know Paul Check. I think we spoke about Paul mm-hmm. Check when we were doing our um your hiking with with uh Derek series um but he always says that like spirit the the concept of spirit is your soul it is your connection to the higher uh your your consciousness essentially um but like I mean my sort of like I always mess saying enlightenment, but my enlightenment happened when I was like 30, 31 mm-hmm. through the medium of jujitsu, through then having this quest for like a more, a better lifestyle and a better life for myself. But, you know, I, I think I got to about three years into meditation and therapy and like really investigating my own thoughts and my mind. And I remember being like really upset that I'd spent like essentially from like my teens all the way through to 30, 32, 33. And I'd never even like stopped to question or investigate any of the thoughts that were leading me to maybe make wrong choices or wrong actions. And I got really upset over it. I was like, Jesus, if I had just done this 10 years ago, I could have saved myself a lot of hassle. But then obviously... You, you, everything happens for a reason and you get to a point hindsight is easy too right absolutely like we, we can all say that even about last year I look back and think what was I doing <laughs> yeah. wasted a whole two months yeah. you know all I did well, was now, eat now, now that we're in this situation I'm like you know that one day that you took off you know over the six month period yeah. god damn you should have worked you know, you know? E- Elon Musk <laughs> I remember, he, he once said that the hardest thing in life is figuring out what questions to ask yourself. Yes. And I really like that. There's a few different things he's probing at right there. And one of them is that we're so obsessed with looking for answers all the time. Mm. We don't actually stop to think about what the questions are. So if you don't have the right question or if you don't have Mm. questions, then how are you going to find an answer in the first place? Yeah. So that's what I liked about it. And I think you were asking why people find it so hard to be alone with their thoughts or to ask themselves the difficult questions in life. And that's mm. because it is hard, mm. especially when it's your own ego at, play, at, at stake. Mm. 
Yes. And that for me was uh, when I did the Africa trip, we talked about the first time I was in the Namib deserts, the oldest, driest desert in the world. Right. Mm. So when I came up to that, it was week three in my cycle across Africa. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't go into this desert on a bicycle. What the hell am I doing? But once I got to the middle of that and I was sitting there with the fire, my tent, my bicycle, and just surrounded by desert and the stars up above, mm. I was like, wow, this is an unbelievably beautiful place. But I was plagued because that was the experience of being alone for so long. I was forced to face up to the questions that I'd been avoiding all my life. Mm. There was no one there to distract me from them. There was nothing to distract me from them. I had to ask myself the hard questions and they led to very dark places. Mm. That's why I cried so much, right? It's why, why I was sitting there so much going, oh my God, I'm not actually a great, the great person I thought I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I drink too much. I've destroyed all these relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, and what did it, like, why am I blaming everyone and everything around me for, for that happening? It was mm-hmm. my fault. So it was very hard to do that with, with mm-hmm. yourself. And I found it that way because it destroys you. You know, mm-hmm. you're literally beating yourself up. But as, uh, who is it, Joe Dispenza says as well, mm. you've you got to be ready to unlearn all the crap before you can learn new stuff and replace mm. it, right? And that's what I was doing back then without knowing. I can say that with hindsight because it's easy, but yeah. I was unlearning all this crap that was ma- had made me who I was, all the mm. bad stuff. And I, you have to acknowledge it before you can unlearn it, of course, but that was the first step. Mm. You can't go anywhere unless you figure out what you've done wrong in the past. You yeah. know, you can't address all that stuff until you figure that out. It's so, it's that's such an interesting like chunk that you just said there because it's like, again, you can apply that to so many things with mm. life and how you have to be open minded to all aspects of life because you, and you have to be open minded to all aspects of life because you have to be able to have the ability to change and not only maybe your views or your beliefs, but you also have to be able to change yourself to evolve, to get Mm. to that place. And it's like, you know, I think in the last couple of years, the the terminology toxic spirituality has kind of been bandied about kind of a bit. And it's this whole like the rise of social media and like obviously yoga and this whole like, you know, it's kind of like this Instagram about sort of lifestyle of like holistic health and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and spirituality. But it's sort of like to- it kind of goes against everything that, you know, spirituality is or enlightenment is because it's all for feeding the ego or to portray an image. Mm-hmm. And what you mentioned there, the real path to quote unquote enlightenment is like looking at your ego looking at your shadow doing the shadow work which is like traumatic Mm -hmm. it's not easy at all it's like the hardest thing it's almost like you know remember trying to explain it to someone before and it's like continuously having to go through a burning fire you know and know that when you go through it you're going to get really burnt but you Mm. still have to do it right because when you get to the other side it's you know once you find the gold Yes. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And with like social media, I don't want to keep going back to it, but a lot of people hate it. Right. And I understand why a lot of people don't like social media and that it distracts us from real life, let's say. Yeah. But social media is also truth. Mm. And the reason a lot of people, I believe, don't like it or have a big problem with it is Mm. because we love it when it makes us feel good, but we hate it when it makes us feel bad. Yeah. We love it when people like our posts or share our mm. posts, but we hate it when nobody's paying attention. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if that's true, what I just said, yeah. well, then the problem isn't social media. Then the problem is it's what's you. going on. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Can we get a clap here? 
<laughs> yes, that's exactly it. And yeah. just I'll also say that I have a problem with social media just as much as everyone else does. Yeah. You know, I have to take myself away from it. Mm. I feel like it's a hazard of what I do sometimes. You know, I get... it is for me. I feel like you know, social media is this big devil with a like chain on the end of his hands and I am at the end of that chain (laughs) (laughs) and he is just floating around just like throwing me all over this it is the biggest like I have built six years of you know this everything that I have in my life is because of social media Mm. it is on the back of social media but yes it is a crutch that I just cannot well, you know, like what I, I just... cannot kick. Social media, you call it like the ball and chain and that that right there. Yeah. Like that analogy. <laughs> I think it's true, but that ball and chain has always been there. Social yeah. media and the internet yeah. has made us face it a lot mm. faster than we would have done. Like what's bad about us as people yeah. and society, for example. Mm. That's being exposed now on Facebook. Yeah. We're seeing what we really don't like about each other yeah. and what we really don't like about the way the world works. But that is the way the world works. Mm. There's people out there that are just totally consumed by what they look like mm. or they're really materialistic and good for them. All power to them. But there's some of us that hate that. Yeah. But that's not about, you know, that's something that we have to deal with <laughs> I mean, in our minds. Yeah, you know? totally. You know, like um, I uh, thankfully a lot of like my, you know, my my anxieties will say of how I look and how I'm perceived and they've kind of gone now as mm-hmm. I've like you know I'm 36 so th- you don't you kind of don't have time for that anymore mm. when you're this age and you've got when you're busy you know <laughs> um but I you know if I'm on there <laughs> like say for example if I'm doing Q&As a big thing is um I'll have like younger girls that follow me that will say you know, where did you get your lips done? They're fab. And I'd be like, I actually, these are, you know, my lips. And they're like, <laughs> no way. Yep. And I'm like, I have my lip gloss. I use this lip gloss. How do you look like that at your age? Like, you know, are you, do you have any Botox? You know, like, and then you get from guys like, love that you're just like, you know, uh, real natural and like you just come on here as you are you like don't care kind of what you look like yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm like what I was like actually like I'm trying to make an effort here you know what I mean but it's like it's like a are, backhanded compliment it's like a backhand it? I was like what yeah. am I meant to do like as if you're you know I'm meant to like be fucking Botoxed up and like have fake lips and like whatever else and you know have my ass out for photographs but it's just it's just such a you just have to learn to like let it go over your head I just made a mental note not to insult you or compliment <laughs> you because <laughs> it can go either way <laughs> yeah I mean it doesn't happen all the time but you just get that odd person where you're like fuck off me yeah. um, but uh, I'm going to have to get a bleep from swearing loads this week aren't I uh, it's the effects of the second lockdown but um, yeah so it, it is it is a minefield but I also you know Good for you, because I find that even now I find that difficult not paying attention to what other people. I'm terrible at taking criticism. That's one thing about me. I'm really bad at it. I'm really good trait. I'm really good at taking criticism. Mm. I'm not so great at taking compliments. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not good at when someone compliments me or, and not necessarily to do with my looks or anything in in any context you know Mm. if somebody even for like work-wise business-wise someone tries to tell me that you know 
like oh geez you're doing really well aren't you I'm like yeah yeah and then I'm like that's a very Irish what, thing what though isn't it about? no I'm not I, you're Irish so you have to be humble about everything you know yeah so I think that's kind of beaten into us from a young age too to be humble and not to be bragging and yeah. so when someone compliments you it's like yeah, oh, yeah, stop yeah. that will you because you, you meet you, you know the way you meet other people from like that are sort of of a similar ilk or in the same industry as you yeah. from a different country and when you meet them for a catch-up or a call or whatever, they're very different. You know, they're very... Like, I'd never... I'd never tell my friends, oh, I'm after getting this. And, like, I'm... You know, I'm after doing this interview. And, oh, I'm on TV. I just don't tell anyone about it. I just... Mm. Um, I just say work. Oh, yeah, like, I'm working at the weekend. Oh, I, I'm in the UK. I'm doing a bit of work. You know, like, I'd right. never go into... I'm on the cover of, like, <laughs> RSVC. <laughs> <laughs> What's that magazine called? RSVP. How do I know that and you don't? <laughs> oh, hello, I'm doing Hello magazine this weekend, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, maybe it is an Irish thing. Um, I think it's something to do with it, all right? Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, criticism. Criticism, I don't mind at all. Mm. I, I like criticism. I think it's good. Constructive criticism to be. Um, I always look at it as a challenge. Right. Do you know that when someone mm. says something to you and um, you want to punch him in the face? You see, I'm dreaming about the day when someone... Can I finish that before you say it? Like, yeah. I don't mean I want to punch someone in the face. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I mean, you, you get the feeling, I want to punch him or her in the face. Right. Then you go, what is that? What feeling is that? Right. What has it invoked? And then you're able to just breathe and... It's like, okay, that's interesting. That's a that's a good... Uh, I'll take a look at that. Or, and that's a you yeah. thing, right? Is that the me thing? Well, I mean, whatever way you react to that, it's down to you. What's inside, how you're feeling. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's it. a challenge on my work that I've done on myself. Mm. So it's kind of like in that moment, I now have that split second where I breathe and I go, okay, so are you going to be old Lydia in this moment or are you going to be Yeah, See, new? I, I can't do that. So what way are you in terms well, of Well, I'm like, working on it, like you say. Yeah. But when I get criticism, even if it's constructive, and even if I know it's constructive, I'm yeah. still like, not punched him in the face, but yeah. I'm still like, oh, go away. Yeah. So I'm still at that point. Mm. I always rate, like I have an awareness of what I'm thinking, but yeah. th those first few seconds, maybe that's the Taurus in me. I'm like, yeah. stop that now. So <laughs> it, 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 no, I, if... But you it's know, in my my position, I have to get used to it. Yeah. And I have to deal with it. That's why I'm quiet well, a lot if you're of the time. On, if you're on the internet, mm -hmm. which you are, and mm -hmm. you've got a big following, so you have to be able to not listen. Right. The difference is not listen to what they're saying, right. but be able to see it and hear it and let it wash over you. And right. go, that's just your opinion. Mm. And the more I understand about people and their their opinions and their perceptions is all to do with their environment, how they've been raised and, you know, what's going on from inside them and, mm. you know, their own shadow and their own, own projections. Um, you learn to kind of get past it a little bit better. When I was in the band in my 20s, if I'd read an article where a journalist had like not made me out to be absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. I would literally, it would, it would set me off for weeks. I yeah. would just be an absolute antichrist. I would be really, really upset over it. And then I would just be a nightmare for everyone because I would take it so personally mm. that, you know, <clears throat> they had criticized the performance or the records 
And I would just see that as black and white. They are criticizing you because you are not good enough. Right. And then I it would like almost be like an embarrassment that I would have to then continue to be on stage or mm. to do immediate interviews. And it was kind of like sort of I felt like it was a self-harming thing where like they're just going to write shit about me and I have to do it. And I have to be keep, I'm being kept in this spotlight continuously and I'm not really that comfortable. Whereas if here. it was to happen now, are you saying that you wouldn't value their opinion so much or value their opinion above your own? I, I just I just don't think that it would affect me as much. You'd mm. still be like, oh, come on, like this is a, you know. You know, Brene Brown. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's a really great thing that I always try to keep in mind. I heard this, I think it was last year I heard her say this. She said that when it comes to criticism or yeah. advice you know a lot of advice is backhanded <clears throat> advice where yeah. someone's actually just trying to criticize what you've done yeah but she says a, a great way to deal with criticism or advice when you don't think you really need it and you don't think the intent is good is to remember that unless that person is in the arena and taking shots themselves and mm. taking risks every day they don't get to criticize or yeah. give you advice <clears throat> what's so, that that's off that that uh, quote it's not the man in the arena it's the can't remember. <laughs> is this Brene Brown as well? She got it from that really famous. Is it? Is it Roosevelt? Oh yeah, Theodore. No, um, Teddy Roosevelt could be. Um, yeah, it could be. That's how. That's what her first book was based on. It's anyway, Darren Grady. Man in the arena. Riveting listening. Oh, it's a uh, Theodore. Roosevelt. Yeah. Roosevelt. 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 Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives vali- valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again. And it's gone off the screen uh, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. Short but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who is at the best knows in the end, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. God, that's deep. That was it? a long. It's I great kind of, though. I, 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 and daring really great is the name of uh, Brene's book as well. Oh, there we go. That's where she got it from. And I support Spurs, and their slogan is. Big Spurs fan. To dare is to do. To dare I was is like, to, to dare to do. I've never heard that before. Right. To dare is to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, it's a it's a bit of a weird one, but it's it's one one iconic. of the smartest things my nephew ever said. He wrote this down. I think he was six at the time, around that time. Anyway, he's fifteen now. Yeah. But he, I remember he wrote down. I just thought he's he's only like six and he wrote this down. But he wrote down a piece of paper one day in his house. Don't tell me your dreams. Show them. I was like, where the hell did wow. you get this from? Now, How he, old was he at this time? He was only, it was like, it was it was quite a long time ago. So it was about seven years ago wow. but, or six years ago. But yeah, when I read that, and I always remember that because I was like, I'm going to keep that. That is smart. Say that again. What is it? Don't tell me your dreams. Show them. So That's in other really words, good. you know, stop saying you're going to do this and that. Show me. You know, everyone, everyone can talk, mm. but let's see you do a bit of walking there, you know? Yeah. So I just, I remember seeing him write that. I was like, wow, that's brilliant. Let's talk more walking, as they say. <laughs> <laughs>
You can take that that's one an, too if you another, want for the next another one. Another Tottenham Hotspur quote. <laughs> <laughs> Less games, more wins. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. Bloody hell, although we're not doing too bad this season. Um, but uh, that's... Uh, as a collective, it's like, you know, it, it's so... I don't know, it's, it's good to to have someone like... We're of such different backgrounds. Mm. But yes, you know, there is a common ground of like that sort of what you've been through. Yeah, has led you to where you are you know what I mean yeah I think you will always when you go off and try and do something that's interesting or different you know against the grain let's say or mm -hmm. let's just say you're as we you're in the theatre taking shots taking risks yeah. you always recognise people that are doing that too mm -hmm. doesn't matter what they're doing like I've yes, 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 a couple yes, of friends that are musicians and one of them's doing really well here now mm -hmm. in Ireland what's her name his uh, name Anto Fury so he's the young folk is his band oh so they're they're fairly successful as far as Irish bands go, yeah. to say the least. And I just recognise that in him, like the passion he has for music. Mm -hmm. But we're totally different in many ways, but we both recognise that in each other and support mm -hmm. each other. But it doesn't matter, like you're saying, it doesn't matter the profession or what it is that they're doing. You know, you can always be inspired by someone that has a passion and a fire inside. Mm -hmm. Because if you take the context of what that means you can use that to do something of your own. Mm. And that's what's important about it. So when you see other people doing stuff that's risky or that's out of the box, you go, that's that's one of my tribe over there. You know? And it's funny as well, because I think this year with everything that's happened, there's been two different types of people. You know, the people who mm. were drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning and making banana bread. And then there was like those... Is, is that, that what you were making? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I dabbled for the first couple of weeks, okay? Mm, this banana bread's <laughs> this great. This banana bread Thanks. is so tasty at nine in the morning with my Ryaka. Um, but, uh, you know, there was like the people who like just kind of sat in the doom of everything that was mm -hmm. going on. But then the people that were working for themselves or who have passion projects who, or kind of like had a little flame inside them for something, mm. they totally capital capitalized on it. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm general, this is a sweeping generalization there, but a lot of people that I know, you know, the people that have maybe had a little side hustle were like, God, perfect time to mm. like put this into kind of like a full-time thing now and like see, see how, where it's going. Or again, it's that sort of thing of like stripping the fat, I suppose, of, mm you know, where you are in your life now and where you want to be. I recognised what you're saying a lot. I relate to it because especially this year, I had a really hard time at the start of lockdown. Like mm. most people, all my work and what I do was taken away. All the talks I had arranged, they were all cancelled, yeah. for example. And for the last six months, I've been sweeping floors. Mm. And that's what I had to go and do to kind of make ends meet and pay the bills because mm. I didn't want to take the payment, right? Yeah. But... After about a month or a month and a half, I had to have a talk with myself and I was quick to have that talk. But I think it's because of what I've been through. I mm. didn't stay down for too long this time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas I would have stayed down for years in the past had this happened. But that little talk to myself was like, you know what? You got to get up and do something about it. Stop mm. waiting for things to change. Stop waiting for everything to go back to normal. All that crack. Get up and do something about it. Mm -hmm. And that's actually when Hiking with Derek started. So when Pat Dividy came out with me and then yourself and Jason, all that started, that's when I, I relaunched my, my clothing brand. Mm. That came from that period too. Out there? Out there. O -E out, out there. Out there. Out there. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Right. And that's actually also the period <laughs> just after that when I got, I, I'm working with an outdoor store here in Dublin now. That came out Amazing. of it too. That had never happened before. So all of these things came after that little mm. talk, right? But believe me, I was knocked flat. 
by this when it happened and all the worries and anxieties it brought up. It was like, what's going on? Where is this going to go? So I really was KO'd by it. I totally relate to people that might even still be in that position. Yeah. But I I do think a little talk with yourself or a little self-coaching is Mm -hmm. the way out. So future plans, like what, mm. what, now that you've obviously, Hiking with Derek mm. was the success, you know, episode five was probably the most that successful. That was just the highlight of my life, you know. <laughs> Even Aidan Gillen messaged me and he said, I heard that amazing celebrity talking to you the other day. Uh, uh, so and I bet he asked, have you got her address? Right. So he was asking if you want to go on Peaky Blinders. Yes. And they're going to make a whole new Game of Thrones season for you. Fantastic. Just so you can star in it. Great. Can't yeah. wait. And um, that is an exclusive here on the first exchange. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the future, like obviously mm. we've kind of established that everything that you're doing or have done has led mm. you to this path that, mm. you know, you're kind of like as you're going, things are opening up for you. Yeah. So do you have any goals, plans, dreams? Yeah, well, I'm kind of following it now. Like, it's only, it's only more recently things have yeah. come together, right? I couldn't get sponsor for years, so I created my own. That's why I created the clothing brand. Mm-hmm. And now I just so happen to get a sponsor involved. And uh, other things are starting to come together that are making money too. Mm-hmm. So things are working out in that sense. I don't have to worry about making money anymore so much yeah. from what I do. And I can focus on what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I haven't quite figured that out fully. It will involve taking a lot more outdoor trips, making videos mm-hmm. about them and doing documentary style trips in that way. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of other stuff I'd like to do. You know, I'd like to to do a lot of um, basically work that will help other people, the people mm-hmm. that follow me, you know, and the people that want to get involved and mm-hmm. maybe do stuff like me. I want to let them join me in some way. And if not, I want to help them do something on their own. So I haven't figured that out fully, but I am working on it. Like this month we have a, a walk every day in November. There's 400 people in that. Well, let me just continue. We've I'll actually, get this message up. Go right, on. Right, we've, we've hidden the, the group at the moment because there was too many people joining. But, <laughs> no way! But we did this last year with 100 people and it was phenomenal what happened. And like there's three people that were in the group that are, in, one of them's now like a certified health coach, a nutritionalist. No way. There's, there's loads of them that still walk every day and they've lost 50, 60 pounds, all that sort of thing. But that was a phenomenal experience for me because it was something I could share with them yeah. and help them with. And it was something that they had that was their own. So that meant more to me than any of the stuff that I do for myself, for example, yeah. or the trips that I take. I really got a big kick out of it, right? Maybe for my ego too, a little bit. Of course, but yeah. at the end of the day, it felt meaningful to me and I don't question that. Mm-hmm. So that's when I really said, right, I got to do more of this stuff, whatever it is, however I can help other people, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. And as you say, it's only opening up now, like things are coming together. I don't have to worry about making money all the time anymore, which really mm-hmm. held me back in the past. Now I can focus on the passion and mm-hmm. kind of say, right, where am I going to go with this? Like with the clothing brand, going to make the, the biggest outdoor clothing brand in the country. Where am I going to uh, set it up? So I'm going to go up to Donegal this week. I'm going to base myself up there in a little cottage, which mm-hmm. I think I told you about already. <clears throat> you did send me a photograph. It looks beautiful. Right. So I'm able to commit to all these things and just see where it takes me. But I'm not going to lie and say I have this big, perfect roadmap laid mm-hmm. out. Let's just see where it goes. Things are working out well now and I'm happy and that's it. Fantastic. Mm. To add to your November... <laughs> uh, <laughs> challenge yeah my mom messaged me when uh you tagged me in your instagram story to say you're coming on the the podcast today yeah. she said uh can you tell him your mom is joining the challenge walk for november really so there you go hello and mommy yeah hello. that's great Delighted do you know what's that. nuts about my mother actually messaging that because i told you when the night before the, the couple of days before uh i was doing hiking with derek and my dad 
put a link to one of your, I think it was, um, what's the chef? Oh, Kwanji Chan. Kwanji Chan. Yeah. I think it was his episode. Yeah. My dad put a link in our family WhatsApp group and was like, hey, Lydia, you should check out this guy. He's very good. <laughs> and I was I was doing the walk with you that weekend. It's weird. Yeah. And I, it's I, don't, I don't tell them, like, uh, you know, like if I'm on the Elaine show, I'll be like, yeah. I'm on the Elaine show Tuesday. Tune in, like, Tuesday morning. Or I'm on yeah. today at three o'clock. Or I'll send them something when it's out and done. Yeah, Have yeah. a look at that. So I, I, I didn't brilliant. tell them at all. And then I clicked on it and I was like, yeah, dad, that's, that's, that's Derek. That's the thing this weekend. He was like, what? Then I was like, shit, I didn't actually tell him. It was really weird. Yeah, it was one of yeah. those weird like serendipity Great. moments. Yeah, really, really good. I but, love that. And what you were saying. Do, do, what you know, I, do you know Pat Dively? Or sorry, do you know how I met Pat Dively? No. So, Don't like, say you listen to him on this podcast. No, but this is this was even weirder to me what happened. <laughs> I when I came home to Ireland, uh, yeah, like my thing now is public speaking, so I I do that as well on the oh, side. Oh, you right? did tell me, but tell the story. It's fantastic. Yeah, this is right. a good story. I, didn't yeah. think I told you this. You told me this. Yeah, oh. yeah. About you went. So I and went then, to his talk because yeah, yeah. I looked I looked at all the speakers around. They said the only one I'm interested in or that I believe, let's say, yeah, is Pat Dively. Like yeah. I, I could listen to this. He's the man, right? Yeah. And I went to see him in Clontarf Castle. I walked in. Yeah, he's the dude. I walked into the room like, this is just phenomenal setup. Unbelievable. And he came in and everything was as good, even better than I thought it was going to be. The atmosphere was amazing. If anyone is listening to this and they want to go and see someone talk, go to one of his events. It'll get you pumped in the best possible way. Like you'll learn from it. You'll take something from it. So anyway, I I was just sitting there in the middle of it and I was like, this guy is great. I want to be his friend. Yeah. And... Like then I'm saying, oh, shut up, Derek. Really, just yeah. listen to what you're saying. <laughs> but at the end of it, I walked up and I shook his hand. And went, thanks so much, Pat. That was phenomenal. Yeah. And he's like, thanks for coming. And I walked out. And I was like, that is so great. And well done, Derek, for not trying to hug him or anything like that, yeah. right? <laughs> but I went away, and about two months later, I get this random message saying, hey, it's Pat Dively here. I was just wondering if you take me out wild camping. So I, I was like, what? I'm not even asking him. He, this guy that I want to be friends with, (laughs) he's asking me to go out wild camping. (laughs) And, right, he followed that up with saying, by the way, my dad watches all your videos. You did tell Just me like this. You said. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? But we've got very cool dads, obviously, is, right. is what the answer is there. So we went out and that was the start of the, the series. Like, that's how that happened. And for me, it was like, this universe is mad. How did all this come to be? And I even told Pat, yes. once I got to know him a little bit better, I went, by the way, Pat, I purposely set out to be your friend. <laughs> Amazing. But I didn't even try. You came to me and said, yeah. here, do you want to hang out? So... You know, I'm not saying we're friends now, but we we know each other to have a chat. I have that thing with Damien Dempsey where I'm like, I know we're going to be best friends one day. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, because you you watched uh, what was it? Cam with horses. Oh, I watched Cam with horses. (laughs) He's not in it, though. He is in it. Damien Dempsey. Oh, sorry. No, that's Carbo Gangsters. (laughs) Carbo Gangsters is in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There there's actually the guy in Cam with horses is Barry Keoghan. Mm -hmm. Well, Hollywood says Keoghan. I call him Keown. Right. I don't, is it Keoghan? Is it? Well, Hollywood are wrong, Shane, what, okay? What, what's the other He's down saying? the bleeding road. And the other guy is um, not Elvis. Jarvis? Not yeah. Jarvis Cocker. <laughs> Jarvis, Jarvis Cocker. Um, his name, I only tweeted about it the other night. Here, they're, <clears throat> they're both phenomenal. Unbelievable Two of them. actors. Yeah. I can't find... 
Oh, it's gone. Jarvis, yeah. I think his name I, is. I was creeped out by the two of them watching it because it was so believable. Like, you know, as if you're there, I was like, I'd be terrified. The, the le- not Barry Keoghan, the, the lead guy, his mm. name. Oh, Cos- Cosmo Jarvis. That's it. Um, beautiful man. But he's also in, he's in Camel Horse, Horses, obviously, but he is in... Piggy Blinders. Right. Which is very full circle to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Aiden Gillen being my biggest yeah. fan. It's meant to be. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know where he lives? Just go call call in. This is so on the, weird. On the way home. I Do it tonight. I swear to God, I was actually going like, I thought about it. I was like, what if I just like put a card in? Like, you know, first exchange postcards. Great. And be like, hi, you know. If you want extending wanna... an invitation, if you want to come on yeah. the podcast, it's going to be some buzz when I have him sitting on that chair and I get to tell him this story. We'll actually play this back too. Take it a step further. Stand outside <laughs> his house with coffee and donuts <laughs> and say, "Hey, look at these." <laughs> but um, what I wanted to just uh, play you very quickly before I let you go because we're yeah. literally yapping here, which is great. Yeah. But um, you know. We, we were talking about obviously social media and the internet and different things. Um, but as much as we're, it can be like a detriment, it is also a fantastic tool mm. and a tool of connection. I think so. Yeah. And, you know, Fight Connect TV, obviously being my other baby, mm-hmm. is like when I was choosing to, to name the company, the word connect was like a really important facet because I was like, I wanted... The idea of um, the audience, the viewer, to be able to connect with the person that I'm portraying on screen or the story that I'm saying or whatever it is. Yeah. So after I'd done your... Uh, hiking with Derek. Hiking with Derek. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I got this message from an, a, a big fan of yours. She watches all your stuff, okay. right? But she's from America. And um, her name is Heather McDowell. I'm just going to play. Do you know who it is? Heather McDowell? Yes, not a name yet. Um, I'm oh, I do know. Play yeah. real quickly um, the message that she sent me. It was such a such a uh, really cool message. We ended up chatting for like a couple of days. I'm gonna play this, Shane. Okay. Hey there. I just want to let you know. I just watched your interview with Derek Cullen. I'm a big fan of his, and you were incredible. I am obviously from America, and Ireland is my favorite place on earth. And I followed Derek through all his hike around Ireland last year, and have continued to watch his posts and that sort of thing but I want to let you know that your interview was by far my favorite so far and all of them have been fabulous so you're just very real and I loved learning more about you and I hope you have a beautiful day and it was literally one of the nicest things that's lovely isn't it I got it at like six o'clock in the morning on my way to like I was leaving the house wow and I listened to it and we had like a little chat back and forth we were sending video messages to each other and um, you know, we're talking about uh, she's from Texas mm. and I was talking about being in the band and touring and we'd done a festival called Cyber Southwest and it was just, you know, after a couple of days, I was like, God, how crazy is it that I just had this really cool exchange of the last couple of days with someone who's on complete other side of the world, but we're, you, you're bonded by a common right. interest right. or a connection in some way. And um that's that's why what you're doing it, um, resonates with me so much. And that's mm. why I, I was delighted when you asked me to, to go and do the hike and, and to be involved is because it's, although we're in different fields, mm. the kind of the message or the, the, the element of connection is still the same. Right. So. And that, that's what I love about the outdoor stuff. Everyone's you invited, you know, Absolutely. you don't, don't need skills, don't need experience. Absolutely. You don't need to know how to start. You just do it. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that is exactly the way I am with this podcast. You know, yeah. you we have so many different people that sit on that chair and tell their story. And if you're one of our listeners, you don't have to know about it. Mm. But but sit down and, and get a cup of tea and listen and enjoy the story. And if something in that story resonates with you, then, you, you know, you don't know where that will lead you or, or what spark that will will lead on to, right. you know, if someone listening to this um that maybe has a little spark of, I need to be in nature more. I need mm. to be outdoors more. And now they might listen to this podcast and be like, do you know what? I'm going to find out where Derek Cullen lives and I'm going to go on a hike with him. <laughs> <laughs> and for one lucky winner, I will give out his address. <laughs> this is the creepiest end of any podcast. Yeah, listen, <laughs> we do it different no, that's, all, that's awesome. I love that. Really cool, listen. Yeah, yeah I was like, I was, I was like, I had to play that to you too. Because you, you do have so many followers online, you know, and it's, a, you know, like even with Heather, there's so many of them on there that are are like, I wouldn't say exactly like Heather, but the best thing about the following that I have online, everyone's mad positive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. You yeah, have yeah. people in, like no one's going over the top with it, but everyone wants the best for each other. Yes. And for themselves. Yeah. And that's what we all have in common. So it's like everyone pumps mm. that and it just kind of spreads like mm-hmm. wildfire, you know? So that's what I love about it and love about having everyone watching the trips that I'm taking or the videos yeah. I make or whatever it is, you know? Really, it's you're really just, great. you're um, creating such a lovely community. And that's why you want to give back, right? You see mm-hmm. everything that they give to you and yeah. you know how it makes you feel. It's like, let's give it back. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming in. Ah, my pleasure. It Thanks was for great, having me. great chat. Yeah, it is superb. Um, and uh, I look forward to everything that happens in the future, like the next step that of what you're going to do. I'm really excited. I know that loads of people were saying that you should get a slot on RTE, but I think you should dream bigger than RTE. <laughs> so global, what's like a good outdoor... Um, I'd love to do that, but you know natural, what? N- National Geographic, do they still have a channel? Yeah, they do. Yeah, be, they need to. Superb. How cool would that be? Yeah. yeah, it's all down the line. Like I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm aiming for that, but that's where yeah. I'll probably go, something It'd along these lines. So because. good, so good. And I think, you know, not only are is, is that an interesting topic, but you have a way of connecting with people that people like my dad, who really are just into drinking beer and watching football. Yeah, enjoy, I love that. Enjoy Actually, I sitting love down. That. And I love the way you just put it, because that's what I want. You know? <laughs> I swear that he watches your shit because he gets to escape and feel like he's doing it. So he, I think it's some kind of like thing of, you know, well, I just took a two hour hike. Uh, so I, I need another four beers. When, here, the you know? pubs o- when the pubs open back up, me and your dad are going to escape for the night, right? Uh, he'd love it. He'd love it. I told you before that he watched, I walked in one day when I went home, I got home pretty late. So I was like surprising them with my presence. And uh, he was like in the kitchen on his iPad and he was watching like a YouTube video <laughs> of some guy uh, driving a, um, uh, is it an RV? Oh yeah, you were telling me this to free, with uh, a camera on the behind roads. him and he's just like driving on the road and he's got the camera and he's just, and it's just, it goes on for about two hours and your man's just like, oh, there's some sheep. Yeah, sheep. <laughs> love me some sheep and then it's like it's the worst camera angle and everything like it's it's you know one of those things that you look at and you get a bit headache yeah my dad loved this fella he just bought this rv and he's just driving around america and you just get to see what he sees i'm like <laughs> it's such big brother like you know right. voyeurism or something anyway there we go it's great though yeah and hey um Thank you so much for having me on. I always wanted to say, or I also wanted to say hello to Reuben Dunster. I know oh. he's going to be listening to this. 
because when he saw you were coming out for the hike with me, he said, I can't believe this. I've been following Lydia from day one. No way. So he's a huge fan. And What's uh, his name? Reuben Dunster. Hello, Reuben. Yeah. And uh, he... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm actually getting really embarrassed I forget that people watch anything or listen to anything he just he was floored when he saw that you're going to come out you're kidding yeah yeah and actually remember there was a guy in in the comments you said I think did you say something like I remember uh, Phil Thompson isn't it yeah, he you were. I think you would ask like, what women would be good to get on the the, the hike or whatever, yeah. and like they were really good suggestions like Rosanna Purcell and like all these really cool. Yeah, and then there was just one little, what about Lydia? <laughs> and then when I said we were doing it, he messed me. He was like, "Hey, I was the guy who like you know recommended you." I'm delighted to he see was that. Chuffed. It, yeah, 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 it was really cool. So fair play to him. That was great because I like I as he said like I really wanted to get more female guests yeah. out and thanks for, for doing it for that reason no alone, problem right? at all I have no problem meeting strangers for hikes with cameras yeah and we didn't end up in the forest anyway <laughs> so you're alright not this time no <laughs> <laughs> but listen thank you so much for coming in and best of luck in Donegal thank you so much and the clothing line where can people pick up some Out There products yeah Out There is actually relaunching on November 2nd how exciting so, yeah I might actually just launch it this weekend and not tell anyone like for real just put it up live surprise and it's spelled O-U-T-D-A-R-E dot yes. I-E. Or you can find it on the social channels like Out There and Facebook. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I think good things are going to come from it. Absolutely. And it's very yeah. cool. So well done. Thank you And best much. of luck with this. Thank you so much, Derek Cullen, for Thanks, episode Lydia. 51 of The First Exchange. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 